The world champion Dodgers have some world champion podcasts. Don't miss a chance to catch up on Dodger Talk by podcasting it on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Dodger Talk for new episodes every weekday and after each game. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570. LA Sports. AM 570 KLAC. 98.7 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Okay, the Big Friday Show. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Yes, we don't care on Friday. We don't care. No. We don't care. Anything goes. Anything goes. Anything went last night. Ain't that the truth. By the way, if you have something to say, just call it and say it today. We're only on for two hours, Rodney. <laughs> and since we don't care, we open it up on Friday. You know the number. Just call. You got to call. Get it complaint. off your chest. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let, you know, if we find your complaint worthy, we'll put it on. If you, if you have an issue, <laughs> if you have a complaint, if you have a grievance, you may file it at any point during the two-hour show today. And Kevin's going, thanks a lot, Fred. Now you got got me screening whether or not the calls and complaints are worthy or not. He just He's just giving me the stink eye. <laughs> I'm like, Rogan and Rodney, please hold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, it was a beatdown last night. There's no two ways about it. Uh, Lakers just... They're hurt. They're banged up. And the Clippers did what they were supposed to do to them last night, Rodney. How bad yeah. is it? How bad is it for the Lakers? And I've got a theory here. So yeah, there, there's an answer to this problem. Anthony Davis twists his ankle walking to the scorer's table. He twists his ankle walking to the scorer's table. Not in the game. Walking to get into the game. He twists his ankle. And then has to leave the game, not because of a twisted ankle, but because of back spasms. That's how bad it is. I mean, you, you just want to just throw your arms up in the air and go, what? Because really, what else can you say? One guy can't come back because he's hurt, tried to rush back, wasn't ready. The other guy who came back twists his ankle hitting a table and then develops back spasms. It just doesn't look good for the Lakers right now. <laughs> no, it's a, it's all like all the good fortune that they had last year uh, is is coming back to haunt them and, and go against them this year. Uh, from the injuries to the chemistry to the just not playing well in situations, I, I don't know what it is, but it's scary though when you got a big fella like like Anthony Davis who's coming back from injury uh, with the Achilles, uh, and one little step wrong can can affect you. Uh, but other parts of your body, as you're trying to get back, start to ail because you start to favor one part, whether you know it or not, and, and it's subconsciously, you, you, you start to favor that Achilles tendon, so you start to run differently, or you jump differently, or you do things differently to try to protect that side of your of your body, and then all of a sudden, you're, you're putting stress on another part of your body, and that's usually what's happening with a guy that comes back from injury, especially a guy of that size. We're talking about a guy, you know, almost seven foot that's running up and down the court. He's going to have those injuries if he's favoring something else. 
okay, so here's the theory. Tell me if this makes sense. Because you no. know, as you as you look at the standings and you figure the games, you're going, God, you do not want to be, let's say, the sixth seed and play the Clippers third. Doesn't look like that'll be a problem now. Because tonight they'll be knocked into play in territory when they're in Portland. AD says he's okay to play. Oh, you're not giving them a chance in Portland? No, nah, not really. But even if they win, <laughs> I, I have a theory. And this is my theory. Okay. LeBron, you're done. You're done. Just, no more. We'll see you when the playoffs start or the play-in tournament starts. Oh, I thought you were going to say we're, you're no. done for the year. No, no, no. Uh, not for, wait, we'll see you next year. No, we'll see you when the playoffs start. Okay. You're finished. Till then. AD, you know what? You're done too. You're finished. We'll see you when the playoffs start. We don't care if we lose every game. We know we'll be in the play-in tournament. And we also know this. Wherever or however this shakes out, now we're in trouble. Whether we're the sixth seed, we're in the tournament, we're in trouble. Any way you look at it, it's not good for us. So rather than worrying about, well, let's see, if we finish here, we'll open against them. Or if we finish there, we'll open against these guys. Why don't we just do this? We'll see you when the playoffs start. And we'll just roll the dice. We'll go all in. And we'll just run that thing as long as we can. If we're good and we're healthy, we should win. And if we're not, we're going to get beat anyway. So why are we worrying about it now? Basically, we're we're already kind of like uh, gas canned now. We're on fire. Let's put out the fire. Let's recover. And then we'll we'll regroup and we'll go get you. What do you think of that plan? <laughs> it doesn't sound like a plan. It sounds like... It sounds like it's the inevitable. It's the reality. It's what it is. So you know you can't you can't say oh this is the plan now when it's actually the reality. I think it's okay. I think they have to live with the fact that look we're going to be in this play-in tournament. We're going to face the tougher teams as we go along, and we just got to deal with it. As long as we're in the playoffs, we got a shot. And I tell you, as a as a player. You know, you you can't worry too much about who's our first round matchup, who's who we're gonna play. Yeah, fans and and media folks like us and and coaches may sit back and go, God, this would be a good matchup for us if we faced them in the first round. But as you're playing, you you're like, I, we got to go through everybody anyway. So why not knock the Clippers out? Why not knock knock you know uh, Utah out or or uh, Denver out in the first round, and then then we'll keep it going. Um, so it's. You can't look at it that way as a player. You got to take them as a and that and that ship has sailed a long time ago of them worrying about where they're going to be seated if they're going to be the fourth, fifth, sixth seed. Are we going to play the Clippers or not? That that ship has sailed. It is just a matter of getting into the playoffs and then figuring out if LeBron and AD are going to be healthy. Yeah. So tonight, if they lose in Portland, they're officially then in the seventh seed. Uh, they're in the playing tournament. Now, that means at this point in time, if they were seven, they would open against Gold. If the season ended tomorrow and they lose tonight, they'll open against Golden State. That's how it'll go. And do you really want to see Steph Curry? No, you really don't. Not at all. But, you know, it's you got to play the hand you're dealt. And that's the hand they're dealt now. I'm just saying, let's not in any way, shape, or form worry about, well, is AD going to play tonight? Let's just assume nobody's playing. Yeah, I agree with that though because the the hope of okay we gotta 
we got to, you know, try to get this certain seed. And even the hope of we got to get our chemistry. We need these guys to play four or five games for to get the chemistry back. It's either going to come back or it's not. And in these next four games where where you're risking a hobbled LeBron and a, and a banged up, sore back AD just to try to get some chemistry, that ship has sailed too. It is about when the playoffs start, getting those two guys as healthy as possible, and let's just go see if we can build chemistry as we start playing. That's exactly what they have to do. You're 100% yeah. right. Okay, it's Friday. We said if somebody's got a complaint or a grievance or a comment, we'd put them on Miro in Santa Monica. What's your what's your comment? Is because of the short season last year and you see how the Lakers are doing now, Will there always be an asterisk because in a regular season, you know, they're getting injured now in a full season? And what do you guys think of that? Appreciate the call. So will there be an asterisk given what happened last year in the shortened season? My feeling is there will not be. No, I don't think so. That was the regulation season for that year. If anything, it'll be an exclamation point. I think if you talk to any player and coach, that had to go through that scenario, I think, in any sport, and whether that storm mentally, physically, of a shutdown, starting over again, going in a bubble, um, having to, to resume your 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 level of play, it was probably the most challenging championship of all of of any of any year, I think that anybody's had to go through. So I would say the other side of that, if you know, we put an asterisk and if you did, you put it with an exclamation point, because I think most people would say that it was the most meaningful and the most challenging, whether that be football, baseball, or basketball or hockey. Yeah. It it, it was very tough. Well, you could make the comment about the Dodgers. Yes. Same comment. Yeah. Same comment. You certainly wouldn't put an asterisk by that. Would you? I don't think so. All right, let's do one more now. Go ahead. Chewy. Hey, well, good morning, guys. Um, I think I got a legitimate gripe. Um, before Drummond, what do we have in the NBA? And I understand we have injuries now, and that's going to hurt us. But I think taking Montrez Harrell out of our rotation, out of our loop, has hurt us more than the Andre Drummond acquisition offensively has helped us. Okay, appreciate the call, Chewy. Yeah, here's the thing. You can sit here and analyze all you want, right? Well, Andre Drummond's not doing this, or he should be playing more. If we're really to be honest, if we're really to be honest, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what makes sports, you know, that's why you watch, so we can analyze, we can break it down, we can chew it, we can cut it up, but the bottom line is this. you chew it. Chew it for chewy. I see what you did there. Thank you. The bottom line is this. They don't win without AD and LeBron. I don't care what, what happens. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Drummond plays defense or not. Doesn't matter if Kyle Kuzma's in the starting lineup or not. It doesn't matter. If they don't have AD and LeBron, it doesn't matter. If they don't have AD and LeBron, they are the Lakers before AD and LeBron. And then it didn't matter. So it's not going to matter. Now you just have to sit and wait and try to get those guys healthy. Okay, Mike, go ahead. It's Friday. Anything goes. Yeah, what's up, guys? I want to vent about Anthony Davis. I don't know what the hell is going on with this guy. They gave him $190 million and he's supposed to be supposedly, quote-unquote, the second-best player in the league. And I just laugh when I hear that. He's continually hurt. It's not like he's Shaq where you can understand a lot of these big men like Shaq and Embiid and, and who are, you know, seven-foot-plus 
300 pounds. You know, there, there, there's bones and joints, can't handle weight. He's in shape. He's always hurt. That's I don't think he's a legit number one. And I just fear for what the Lakers, what's going to happen if they have to rely on him to be the number one guy. Even before he got hurt this year, he just came in out of shape. He struggled all season. So I want to get your opinion. So it's just funny when I hear him, a lot of people say he's better. He's not better than Giannis. Giannis is so much better player. You put, you take out LeBron, excuse me, you take out AD, put Giannis in his team, they're much better and they have a dynasty. So I just want to get your thoughts on where his mind frame is. And can this guy ever stay on the court? Because he's just soft as hell, man. I just, I don't get it with this guy. All right, Mike, thanks for the call. <laughs> wow. How you really feel, Mike? Uh, um, do the Lakers win the title without AD playing the way he did last year? No. Not without a hesitation, right? No. 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 So they needed they, they needed uh, an AD. And when you go across the league and and you talk about guys that are a night nightmare matchup, AD, they put AD before Giannis in terms of what AD can do offensively and who does guard. They put Kevin Durant probably number one as a nightmare matchup. Um, LeBron is up there, obviously, and AD is right there because of things that he can do. So, yes, and, and, I, and I think it's, it, it, you know, and yes, there was those questions about AD being injured when he came here from New Orleans. Yes, absolutely. Um, but this year, at the shortened season, you look around the league and you see you look at the injuries that have happened around the league and it has it is no coincidence that the injury factor around the league is greater than it's ever been and that's a direct result of the shortened offseason and starting early yeah is he soft i don't think he's soft i think he's injury prone i think he gets banged up i think he falls i think he runs into people I think he gets yeah. knocked out. He doesn't out. avoid anything either. Yeah. You see, have you seen a big man on the ground more than AD? No, never. I've never seen right? a big man on the ground more than AD. Absolutely. Yeah. Some people will shy away from that, you know, kind of contact, especially at his stature. But he is he is in the middle. He's going to block every single shot. He's he's going to the rim when he wants to go to the rim. He's not sh being soft as if you're, you shy away from contact. You don't want any contact. That's not him. Injuries are a part of sports, and there are guys that are in the best shape of their life, but for whatever reason get injured. And there are guys that that never get injured, you know. And I, and and it's it's part of sports. And I just never like that term. Oh, he's injury prone. He's this and that. But it's not from a lack of being tough because he does get and mix it up with guys inside. No, I agree. Let's, one more, real fast. Adam, go ahead. Adam in L.A. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for taking the call, man. Love the show. You guys are the best, man. Appreciate that. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we're all a little worried right now uh, for the Lakers. But, you know, to win a championship, things just got to bounce your way. And yes. um, I just think we're spoiled. That last guy that called, I mean, he's putting down AD like he's garbage. But you know what? The guy, yeah, he, he is hurt. Um, it, it's obvious. He's not um, playing up to par. But we have to take consideration of the pandemic, uh, the shortened season, the, the fast start. I mean, we just got to, you know, pump our brakes and, uh, Hey, you know what? If it's not our year, then it's not our year, but we, you know, we've got to support the guys period. Adam, thanks yeah. for the call. How quickly people forget, right? They get spoiled and go through the championship that they did and have a phenomenal run in the bubble. And, and, and now a year later, uh, with again, with a shortened off season and body clocks, and I know for a fact that, you know, your body clock, everybody's body clock, when you're an athlete, you know when certain things roll around, time rolls around for you to start playing. 
and and it doesn't always when it doesn't match up match up it throws your whole schedule off but we are spoiled like you just said you know having both teams win a championship and now we're beating them up like they hadn't won in 30 years yeah and now on that topic how about the dodgers they play the angels tonight in anaheim uh quickly on albert Pujols, we told you yesterday the angels were going to release him and the sense was that was a very cruel decision by the angels how could you get yeah. rid of a guy in the final year of a 10-year deal who's going to be in the hall of fame who was meant a great deal to your franchise as well. Uh, almost played as many years for you as he did in St. Louis. Of course, his best years were with the Cardinals. Here's what happened. Albert Pujols wanted to play every day, and the Angels were not going to do that. They were not going to play him every day. They have Jared Walsh. They have other guys. Albert doesn't want to come off the bench. He doesn't want to be a pinch hitter. He wants to play. So they had a very tough conversation, both sides, and they came to the decision that, we're going to let you go if you think you can play somewhere else. By all means, go and be an everyday player somewhere else. If that presents itself, you should do that. But you can't do it here. We don't want to get rid of you. We're not saying we want you gone. I think he has a personal services deal with the club, as a matter of fact, when his contract's up. So nobody's saying go. We're kicking you out of here. But we're not going to be able to play you every day. And basically, that's what it came down to. I want to play every day. Kike Hernandez wanted to play every day. Jack yeah. Peterson wanted to play every day. Okay, did they want to leave the Dodgers? No. But they wanted to play every day. And the Dodgers looked at them, as the Angels did with Albert Pujols, and said, that can't happen here. It's not that we don't love you, not that we don't want you, but we cannot fulfill your desires. So you have to come to some sort of decision. And Rodney, that was the decision yesterday. Yeah, and it's it's an un, an unfortunate situation. You know, you you mentioned Jock and you mentioned Kike, and and you hear people, especially the way the Dodgers are struggling right now, all talking. See, we shouldn't never, never let Jock and Kike go. We shouldn't have let them go. I don't know what the Dodgers. Well, it, it wasn't necessarily just a Dodger decision. It was also Jock and Kike. If Kike and Jock wanted to take less money and stay here at the Dodgers, they probably still would be here. But this was their opportunity to go out and make a big contract and play every single day, as you mentioned, Fred. I think the narrative coming out of the Angels with Albert Pujols, it, it rubs so many people the wrong way, and we talked about it yesterday because it, it rubbed me the wrong way as well, and and we had Nick Hamilton on talking about it. Because the narrative is, yes, you got to let the guy ride it out, and maybe it should have been a joint statement that they both came out and said, listen, we've decided at this juncture that uh, we're going to part ways with Albert. This is a mutual decision, and we wish him well. He's always going to be a part of the Angel family. But to do it one-sided like that, and, and maybe some of the responsibility goes on Albert, too. They say, listen, I love the Angels, and this was not this was something that we mutually agreed upon, and I, I still want to play. They see it differently, and I'm, I'm able – I thank them for releasing me so I can go try to play every day somewhere else. You know, maybe it was a little late in his part in, in kind of releasing any kind of statement, which is why people bash the Angels to begin with. George and Upland, you say Pujols had to go. Hello. George, you say Pujols has to go? Yeah, he has to go. He's uh, I'll put it softly. He's a lump. Okay, he had a great year in St. Louis. Half the time in Anaheim, he did great, okay? But this is a business. We have to win. It's time to win now. He's taking up space. Unfortunately, he, he shouldn't have to go the way he did, the way they did it. But, you know, they, they took care of him the last few years. Like they did Kobe, you know, in the, in the 
the last few years of his, of his career with the Fed contract, but he's taking up space. He's hitting 200, what, 199, 200, and he's, what, 40 years old, going on 50, whatever his uh, real birth certificate says. But, uh, yeah, we have, to, we have to win now. Not, uh, you, know, we, you know, we owe you a lot. You're great. Thank you for your service, but we have to move on. Thanks, George. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think I think most people would agree with George that that his time is is his best years are behind him, and he certainly is not an everyday player for the Angels when they've got you know young players coming up and needs need the time. I, I think it's just a matter of which it was done and how it was announced so abruptly. Angels release Albert Pools. That was the headline, and then it was not a whole lot after that until we we hear about today. Yeah, but you got to believe that that had those conversations have been taking place. Not like that somebody woke up at 8 o'clock in the morning and said, this is it, you're done. Yeah. This is the day. I, I think they've been taking place for the last couple of years. Yeah, just trying to figure you. out. How to get, you know, how do we how do we do this? Yeah. Uh, and, and then you've got the Dodgers tonight. Andrew Friedman today came out. I uh, talked to Bill Shaken and said, uh, you know, this is the imperfect storm. Everything is hitting at once. If we hit, we don't pitch. If we pitch, we don't hit. Plus, we're injured. Add them all up, and you've got what you've got. And he said, keep this in mind. And Dodger fans, I know. We we know. We know. Because we do this every day, and we're with you every day. How frustrated you are. So is he. So is Dave Roberts. Yeah. They're all frustrated. But you've got to wait and let them come out of it. Joe Kelly is back tonight. What does that mean? Well, it means it's reason to smile. The bullpen got a little stronger, you hope. You also yeah. know that Joe Kelly could go out there and behead three people because who knows <laughs> the fear of the unknown. Like. Yeah, you know it'd be exciting, right? You, you know, whenever it'd be he enter, when he ever he enters the game, it's a, it's some sort of level of excitement. It's amazing. Sometimes you you lose some everyday guy that's in the clubhouse, and then or, or you you get one of those you know kind of good, fun loving, jokey, uh, kind of got an edge to him guy in the clubhouse and you add that when you when you haven't had it for a while it kind of breeds some life into that clubhouse and 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 maybe it will for the Dodgers who knows what he'll do on the mound like you said he could go and be lights out and he can behead three guys the next next inning but but I think that uh, from a clubhouse standpoint I think it's a great injection for the Dodgers and now you know you have the the freeway series and the fans like to get excited about that you have the big freeway series the two teams battling look they're both in a bad spot the Dodgers are in a bad spot and didn't expect to be there. The Angels are in a bad spot, and quite frankly, it's 50-50 if they were going to be there. Yeah, because, but there was some hope for the Angels the way they started off and the, off, and the spring training and what they were doing, the Otani back. I mean, it was some, you know, they, they added some play. It was some hope, and still yet, like you and Kevin have always mentioned, and even Vic yesterday, they still really haven't addressed their pitching. I told y'all before the season started, yep. Rodney, I said yep. it, the pitching's not fixed yet. Don't be fooled. But yeah. we, but that conversation with the Angels has taken place for the last five years. It has. Yeah. And there wasn't a significant yeah. enough move in the offseason to have me change my mind on that. Well, and it's, it's proven to be true. They're yes. exactly where they were. You're welcome. <laughs> in this case, Kevin did have the crystal ball. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but it'll be fun to, to uh, watch and listen to. You'll hear the games here. On AM 570 LA Sports. What, 6.30 tonight, Kevin? 6.30 start, 5.30 pregame, yes. Okay, so we'll have that here on the radio station coming up for you tonight. During the 1 o'clock hour, our NBA insider Dan Wojcicki will jump on and we'll try to figure out what the Lakers should do. They should subscribe to my theory 
which is we'll see you in the playoffs start. Yes. Just want to get everybody walking, and then we'll get to it. Uh, and up next, David Vassay will join the show. We'll get ready for the Dodger game tonight. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570, LA Sports. Oh, yes. You know what day it is. You know we know. When this song is playing, it means it's Friday. And you know what? We don't care. Not one bit. Don't make us care. Don't make us care. Because you can't do it. Not on Friday. Lakers losing right now. We don't care. Nah. Dodgers losing in May. Nah, we don't care, Fred. Not today, we don't. No, we don't. Because for the Dodgers, it'll be fine. For the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll get more into that next hour. Okay, Dodgers tonight down in Anaheim. Let's bring on Dave Vassay. And Dave, thanks for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, uh, so here we go. They're back at it tonight. Do they get well against the Angels? Yeah, well, it's interesting, Fred. The Angels are kind of in uh, the same type of skid as the Dodgers are. So it's two teams that have been not going well of recent time here. So I I don't know if they – it feels like the offense is starting to get a little healthier, Fred. Uh, I mean, they did lose uh, three separate extra inning games on their road trip to Milwaukee and Chicago. And they did have the lead in all three in extra innings, but the bullpen just couldn't hold it. Um, So for me, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, I feel like the bullpen is more of a concern than this offense because you know they have the talent to come out of it, but do they have the talent to close games out when you're not using guys named Victor Gonzalez, Blake Trinan, or Kenley Jansen? Yeah, but here's the thing, Dave, and Andrew Friedman called it the imperfect storm. Uh, Everything is a problem here. Everything. And if one thing works, the other thing isn't. That That's what the deal is. I personally think it all starts with hitting. Once they start hitting, they'll be better. Because some games the bullpen is okay, but they can't hit. Some games they can't hit. They hit, and, and then there's other issues. You know what I mean? So I just can't blame the bullpen. Well, I actually, I'm not blaming anybody in particular. You're right to a point, and I hear what he's saying. But number one, the starting pitching has been there most yeah. every night. Yep. The only time it hasn't been there was that first game of the doubleheader and when Kershaw only went one inning and 39 pitches. So I, I disagree with that. The starting pitching has been there every night to give these guys a chance to win. What hasn't been there every night is the offense, the defense, and the bullpen. And I would say the biggest concern is not the offense, and I will maintain that. But the defense has been so poor and has cost the Dodgers games Uh, And especially up the middle, the catching, the second base, the shortstop, it hasn't been good, Fred. And there's no way to disguise that. And hopefully uh, these guys, once they start hitting, won't be taking their at-bats out to the field and thinking about it and instead focus. What is going on with Corey Seager? That's the only thing I can pinpoint it on. There's only two things I could think of, Fred, for why Seager has played so poorly defensively at shortstop. Number one, it could be, and we all know that he's very obsessed with his hitting mechanics and hitting. I mean, if you go to a Dodger game and you look in the Dodger dugout, he's 
standing in the dugout, holding a bat, and visualizing the pitch coming to him, trying to feel his mechanics. So it could be that he's taking that out with him to his defensive spotted shortstop. Number two, it could be that he's not right physically, and maybe that's affecting him offensively and obviously defensively. And I had a caller call Dodger Talk and ask me whether or not it has something to do with his free agency, and he doesn't want to compromise his health because of free agency. And I said, you know what? I've known Corey Seager a long time, and I would hope that he has more integrity than that, uh, which I believe that he does. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't think it's an issue of him trying to compromise his health because of his free agency. It seems to me more if there's something wrong with him, then he just can't move the way he was moving. Right. He did, I mean, there were two ground balls on this road trip that really stood out and cost the Dodgers a win in extra innings and in uh, nine innings, and he couldn't get down on the ball. He couldn't get the glove down. Um, so you wonder whether or not his hips are feeling good, his back is feeling good, and then he does make a great stop, and he throws the ball away uh, the last game in Chicago. So I, you know, those are the only two things I could come up with. Either he's not focused on the defense and he's letting his mind wander and thinking about the slump that he's in. He's only hitting a buck 20 since he hit that go-ahead two-run home run in San Diego in the 12th inning. So um, without Mookie and Seager, this offense is going nowhere. You could talk about the Beatties, the Rioses, Will Smith, all these guys, uh, but it comes down to Mookie and Seager doing their job. And uh, Muncy's starting to hit a little bit. That's good news. Mookie seems to be yeah, making more he, contact. That's good news. And he's an, another big part of the offense. You know, Justin Turner is doing his job. Justin Turner is still, even though he's cooled down a little bit, he's still taking pitches, and he's still having Justin Turner like at bat. Uh, he just needs the guys around him to help him out a little bit. Mookie, Seager, Muncy, all those guys around him need to start hitting and. You're right, Fred. That's a great sign that Muncy's starting to come out of it. He homered in two straight games. He also had a go-ahead double in extra innings, so it's a great sign if Muncy gets things going again. Uh, okay, so give me a rundown of uh, the injured list and who could be back soon. Well, do you know that the undisclosed pitcher with the undisclosed injuries back tonight, Fred? Joe Kelly. That's right. Joe Kelly's back, and we'll see if he can do something better than what he's done to this point in his Dodger career because he's famous for breaking a window and giving up a grand slam to Howie Kendrick in game five of the 2019 NLDS. So hopefully um, whatever undisclosed injury he had is better and he didn't want to use it as an excuse. So we won't use it as an excuse if he doesn't pitch up to par. Yeah, but Dave, the undisclosed injury was his shoulder, right? And he admitted that he had secret surgery. Right. He had secret surgery, and he chose to tell the fans of Boston that instead of the fans of Los Angeles, the team that he plays for. Dave, it sounds like you're a bit salty. I'm just saying, if he wants to pitch for the Red Sox, we can arrange that. But if he wants to be uh, embraced by Los Angeles, I wouldn't be talking to the Boston fans. I'd be talking to the Dodger fans. Why do you think he did that? I have no idea. I have no idea why he did that. Um, but I will say this. If he can come back and pitch the way he did in September of 2018 for the Red Sox, the Dodgers will be getting a huge asset back. But 
you know, it's one thing to have bodies. It's another thing to have quality bodies. And we'll see whether or not Joe is over whatever was ailing him. Uh, all right. What about Zach McKinstry? When is he back? Uh, I don't see it happening until uh, middle of May, Fred. Uh, the oblique strain is a very tricky thing. Cody Bellinger's still not running at full speed. I let, I told you that when he does start running at full speed, that's an indication that he is getting closer to coming back. So until he can do that, I would not hold your breath about when he's returning. Okay. Yesterday, the Angels announced that Albert Pujols was done. And uh, mm-hmm. there was some people thought, well, you know, what a cruel, harsh thing to do to a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer, who had been with you for almost 10 years. Then we find out that the Angels said, look, he wanted to play every day. We're not going to play him every day. He's not an everyday guy here, maybe somewhere else. Therefore, we're going to release him and give him a shot. When you hear that, what do you think? Well, I was, you know, I thought it was refreshing that the Angels were as transparent about the situation as they were because I had heard rumblings out of the people I know in Anaheim that that was the case. Albert was getting frustrated that he no longer was getting a spot in the everyday lineup. So, The Angels were very transparent about the situation, and it's 100% accurate that Albert was getting frustrated about not being penciled into the lineup every day. Um, And you know what? I feel like when he signed that 10-year contract, nobody was expecting in year 10 that they were going to get their money's worth. So I think it's uh, the right move at this time for the Angels. And hopefully, you know, Pujols is one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time, right up there with Jimmy Fox, who had a great career. And if you want to look up his numbers, go ahead. But um, Albert Pujols is certainly a 100% Hall of Famer and one of the great right-handed hitters of all time. But I, I do believe that, you know, even Fred, I'm sure you thought this when he signed that contract, that year 10, year 9, uh, the Angels went into this knowing that they were not going to get the same Albert Pujols that they were getting the first year that they signed that contract with him. Well, of course, but I I found it somewhat interesting that here is a guy, you signed him for 10 years, uh, you're paying him, uh, he is going to be a Hall of Famer. You didn't just let him ride it out. That's what surprised me. Yeah, but if he's getting frustrated about not playing every day, it must have got to a point where he's like, hey, play me or release me, right? I don't think this was just an angel's decision there must have been something brewing and for what i understand for, through ken rosenthal this had been bro- brewing for at least two weeks and honestly fred i've heard this coming out of anaheim from my sources for a while so they were very transparent about the situation and if uh if he was getting frustrated about not playing every day then what other choices do you have he wasn't very productive and uh, you know i applaud the angels for doing that uh, okay, when you look at the Dodgers and where they're at in this tailspin, they're obviously not in first place. We know who, who is the Giants. Is that real? Mm-hmm. Do they have any staying power? I find it hard to believe that they do, Fred. I'm not sure their starting pitching can pitch as well as it has. I mean, Anthony DiSclafani is a decent pitcher, but is he going to hold up all year? Alex Wood has had a nice start to his season with the Giants. I root for Alex Wood for obvious reasons, but can he sustain it? I'm not sure he can either. So um, their bullpen, I don't know if you remember this name. Speaking of bullpen, they signed Jake McGee, yeah. who the Dodgers uh, got from the Rockies after they let him go, and he was a big part of their bullpen. And 
Uh, the Giants signed him to a two-year, $5 million contract, and he's been their lights-out closer. So their bullpen's been really good, too. And in that ballpark, Fred, they're a lot better team than they are on the road. And I will say this. They are, you know, padding their record like the Dodgers did against the Rockies. Everybody has to play the same teams in the division. And right now, or recently, the Rockies had the pleasure of padding their record against the Rockies as well. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on. Uh, You'll be in Anaheim tonight, right? I will. I'll be live in Anaheim. I'm on my way there right now. And episode six of the Extra Innings podcast is up with Joe Torrey and Andre Ethier. Uh, Ethier talked about being ejected and making a famous meme. And also, he did reference the Giants as a bad word. So that, that brought that to mind, and you could podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Great. Great stuff, Dave. Appreciate it. You have a good weekend. Thank you, Fred. You too. All right. Uh, let them know your squad, Robbie. Yeah, I like that, Fred. Let's do it. Yeah, come on. You don't care. Now, 866-987-2570. You call. First caller. Kevin will pick you up, put you right on the air. You're playing Rodney and Ronnie. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. You thinking about calling this? Yeah. Yeah, I like it on a Friday. Yes, you do. Today's afternoon delight is more time fishing by Thomas Rhett. In a recent interview, the country music star said that he had to rediscover himself during the quarantine. And that prompted him to record a plethora of new music, which included this track. Rhett released a song along with 11 others on his new album entitled Country Again, Side A, which dropped last week. In a statement he released with the album, Rhett said, this album to me feels like coming home. These were the things 19-year-old me wanted to be able to say, sing, and share with all of y'all, but hadn't lived the life enough to do it yet. Today I am more centered and aware of what's important in life than I ever have been. And I hope you hear it and feel that in my music. Again, today's afternoon delight is More Time Fishing by Thomas Rhett. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Know your squad. Mother's Day is this Sunday. Say thank you for all that she does with the ultimate relaxing experience of Spa Day at Burke Williams. Exclusive Mother's Day packages come with a three-day spa pass and gift cards never expire. Visit BurkeWilliams.com slash Mother's Day for the perfect gift of gratitude. And Rodney, you know the uh, Afternoon Delight song about fishing? Yes. Don't forget the AM570 LA Sports Fishing. Oh, 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 oh. It's coming. Well, we do know they're working on it. Yes, we do know that for a fact. They are working on it. And when we get more details, we'll let everybody know. So get ready to cast your line for a win. <laughs> See if Gino can win today. Gino's in Virginia on the app. Hey, Gino, how are you? Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? We're doing well. We're playing Know Your Squad. The squad is the Chargers, okay? Yeah, I got a quick question for you guys. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I got an awesome sports room that took me 30 years to build. 
And I tried to ask Kevin for both of your autographs, but he said I might want to sell it. That's the last thing I'd do. I wouldn't get nothing for it. <laughs> I never said such a thing, by the way. Let that Amen. be on the record. All right, well, Kevin will get your info. We've got pictures we can sign here, don't we? Kevin? Wait, 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 wait. He, he, he wants our, our autographs after insulting us like that? So, I said, told you that. Come on, now. And I said, you're the dean. I never said I was going to dean. I never said I was going to accuse you of selling it, Gino. That never happened. What are talking about? I with you, Kevin. Come you're, on, now. You're slandering me on the air, Gino. I don't and like Gino it. Said, Gino said if you sold it, you would get nothing for it? Is that what Gino said that? He said that about himself, but I never said anything about I'm afraid of you guys getting giving him an autograph because he might sell it. Uh, that never happened. I'm joking. I love you guys, man. Come on, uh, man. Uh, uh, all right, Gino. I'll see you, brother. All right. <laughs> so with the Chargers, Gino, uh, know your squad. Remember, five choices. Answer too soon. You're locked out, okay? Got you. All right. Ronnie, you ready? Fred, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. LaDainian Tomlinson holds the franchise record for most rushing touchdowns in a single season with 28. Who is second on the list with 19 rushing touchdowns in a single season? Natron Means, Melvin Gordon, Chuck Muncie, Mike Tolbert, or Tom Tolbert? Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Chuck Muncie. Natron Means. It is Chuck Muncie, and Ronnie gets it. I knew I'd get Chuck Muncie right one of these days. Jeez. Well, yeah, when you when you go to Chunk Muncie. Chunk. <laughs> and Chuck, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Here's the next one. Chargers' last wild card win was against the Ravens in the 2018 wild card round. Which of these players had a team high two sacks against Lamar Jackson that day? Joey Bosa, Mel- Melvin Ingram, Desmond King, Isaac Rochelle, or Isaac Lowenkron? Melvin Ingram. King. Melvin oh, Ingram. Melvin Ingram. It's Ronnie again. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, Ronnie. Well, What's going on here? Hold your horses, Ronnie. Yeah, I didn't know anybody knew the Chargers. This Ron- I'm surprising Ronnie, myself. R- Ronnie, you know, <laughs> Ronnie is right next to Kevin, so Ronnie is taking it out on you, Gino, for what you did to Kevin. I know. I <laughs> That's got right. How dare you, Gino? I should fade you out for insulting my man Kevin like that. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> so Ronnie is, beating, Ronnie is beating us off for you, Kevin. That's my brother right here. You got right your here. back. That's you right. got your back. Okay, who it led- ain't too long, though, Ronnie. Here I come. <laughs> All right, let's go. Who led the Chargers in tackles? Her loss last season with 15. Who led what? the Chargers in tackles let's- for loss last season with 15? What's the- why, are you- why are you smirking on that one, Fred? I'm not smirking. I told him to read it again because he kind of stopped at a point when it's in the statement. So I wanted to make sure you <laughs> understood exactly what he was saying. Yes. Things get lost yeah. at times with some of these Exactly. Questions. No, I know. So, I know. First hand. You know what? Was we don't need that for me. more often than not. All right. Does everybody <laughs> understand the question? Does everybody understand the question? Read it again, Fred. Fred. Who led the Chargers in tackles for loss last season with 15? You got it? Joey Bosa? You, you got it. Yeah, I got it. Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, Denzel Perriman. Justin Jones or Rashida Jones? It's your Justin Jones. And it is no good. Perryman. And it is no good. Justin Jones. No good. Joey Bosa. Uh, Joey Bosa. Ronnie. No way. No way. He was hurt. <laughs> oh, no. That was his brother. Joey Bosa <laughs> is the correct answer. Ronnie's up 3-0. No way. Yo, way. Get it, Sam. I got it. All right. You, you ready, Gino? Hey. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who holds the franchise record for most career sacks with 105.5? Oh, 
Junior Seau, Leslie O'Neill, Sean Phillips, Lee Williams, or Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Junior Seau. No, Seau. Leslie O'Neill. Leslie O'Neill. Rodney's on the board. (laughs) Rodney is on the board. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I was hoping somebody would say Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Just my own personal entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Ross. And Don Coriel are in a three-way tie for most playoffs win by a Charger head coach. Which of these men are they tied with? Mike McCoy, Marty Schottenheimer, Sid Gilman, Norv Turner, or Tina Turner? Norv Turner. Marty Schottenheimer. Ronnie. Wow, Ronnie. Wow, Ronnie. Go out. So here's... How did I not get that one? Norv Turner recruited me to go to USC. I know. Norv Turner was very successful in San Diego. Yes, yes. I do Underrated. remember that. Underrated. Rodney, I thought you never lost. Come on now. I, I don't. Even when I lose, I win. Never lost. <laughs> so this is the final question. Ronnie, you have one today. Congratulations. Thank you, Fred. Rodney, you can get another one. Or Gino, you can get on the board. Here we go. Antonio Gates is the Chargers' all-time leader in career receptions with 955. Who is second on that list with 624 career receptions as a Charger? Lance Allworth, Kellen Winslow, Keenan Allen, Charlie Joyner, or Tom Joyner? Charlie Joyner! No good! Lance Allworth! No, sit down! How about new? Who you got, Gino? Kevin Winslow. It is no good. Charlie Joyner. No, sit down! Wow, who else is on the list? Tom Joyner. We said Charlie Joyner. Tom Joyner. Yeah. Tom Joyner? Oh, the, 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 the flight jockey? <laughs> yeah, I'm too. The answer is no winner, Keenan Allen. Oh, already? Really? Yeah. I yep. Tina Turner. Yeah. There's no. Tina Turner was not an option on this question, Gino. What in the world, Gino? Gino. Ike Turner already gave it to you. All right. Well, Gino. anyway, that's it, Gino. Way to go, Gino. Uh, way, way to show up today uh, and get ready for the weekend. You have big plans? Love you guys. You got big plans this weekend, Gino? Uh, yeah, gonna. Uh, my son's going to take us to Mother's Day dinner with my wife and all the other mothers that we know around us. All right. We'll enjoy every second of it. Thanks for listening, Gino. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.